all, welcome to On Demand. I am excited today about this teaching. It is centered around the season, you know, Christmas season. And if you're watching this On Demand, okay, it's not Christmas where you're watching maybe, but it's a good message because it's about choice. December 25th was not the day Christ was born, not hardly. And there's all kinds of hints and reasons why we don't believe it was that day. First of all, the weather is a big clue. But let me just say, this message will help you see the power of choice. The early church fathers decided to choose a day to honor Christ, and they chose to honor his birthday. And it was in direct opposition to what was going on around them. They were worshiping uh, a false god. They were in this whole winter solstice thing, and it was just, I'll tell you about it in a minute. But let me just say, you don't want to miss this message because I want to show you that the power of choice can change everything. You can say, I choose, or you can say, I don't choose. It's up to you. You don't have to celebrate Christmas, but you can make a choice. I want to show you the power of choice. Stay with me today. I want to show you how to celebrate choice. It's really good stuff. Stay there. On demand. Words in your hand. It's going to be good. I'll be back to pray for you at the end of the message. glad you're back. Listen, I want to talk about Christmas today. Now, this is, a, this is Christmas, okay? And I know that some of you took a break from all the, you know, celebration. And some of you are just like, I didn't take a break from anything because I don't celebrate Christmas. You feel real spiritual when you say that. I understand. But I'm going to pick on you a little bit today. I want to tell you, I'm going to pick on you just a little bit because I believe in Christmas. I choose Christmas. The whole month we've been talking about celebrations. I talked about the truth, the importance of celebration. And I said, I choose to celebrate, first sermon. Then I talked about, in the same first sermon, the truth about the hindrances to celebration. And I talked about the fact that I choose to not be hindered. Then the third sermon, I talked about the truth about the benefits of celebration. And I said, I choose hope. One of the, one of the benefits of celebration is hope, man. It's a sign of hope and excitement. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. I talked about that last week. Now, 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 I want to talk about this choice. I want to talk about the truth about choosing a day to celebrate. I believe that you have the power to choose a lot of things. You choose what you wear, right? You choose the ties you wear, right? <laughs> you choose the haircut you get. You know what I'm saying? You choose how you want to look. You make a lot of decisions in your life. Now, some of the decisions you make are good. Some of the decisions are not good, but the, but the power of choice. And that's what Christmas was. Christmas was a choice. December 25th was not the day Christ was born. Now, we know that for all kinds of reasons, but I want, if I can, read you a verse. Now, this verse will set the stage for my argument. This is in Romans chapter 14, verse 5. Here's what it says. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. And it goes on to say, whoever does not, does not to the Lord. In other words, you choose. It's totally up to you. Now, I understand that for some people, they go, well, no, I, I, I get to choose for everybody. I tell everybody what to do. No, <laughs> That's not true. You can try, but it doesn't work. There's something about 
God's attitude towards freedom from the very beginning. He let Adam and Eve, you know, eat the garden. You would think he'd come down and slap the hand. Don't eat that tree. I told y'all don't eat that tree, but he didn't. He let them do it. There's something about freedom. There's something about sitting down and saying, you know what? I am free to do what I want to do. And God says, you are. Now, I want to take you down a path, and I want to read you a little bit. So we're going to read a little bit together. And I want to take you down a journey. And to prove it, I'm going to put on my specs so you can read with me. Follow me along as I talk about Christmas. Here we go. It is believed, this is how did we choose the 25th to celebrate Christ's birth. It is not believed Jesus was born on the day Christmas is globally celebrated. Instead, Christmas was chosen as a convenient celebratory day on the same day of a pagan holiday that celebrated the winter solstice, according to the History Channel. The holiday was celebrated as the Roman pagan solstice on our birthday of the unconquered sun, which began on December 17th and ended on, guess what, December 25th. One large, as I continue to read, one large plot point in the story of Jesus' birth is the presence of shepherds. That's a hint, watching over their flocks. This is clearly outlined in the Bible in Luke chapter 2, verse 7 through 8. And it's such a prominent part of the story. It has been featured in Christmas songs, according to the United Church of God, multiple sources, including books, celebrations, uh, like celebrations, the complete book of American holidays, and, of course, the interpreter's one-volume commentary. Commented that the weather would not have permitted shepherds to be tending their flocks at the end of December. Instead, this implies Jesus was born during the winter months. So, what's the point? The point is, it's probably too cold for all that you saw in the story in the book of Luke. I would say it's highly improbable, and I've listed those sources. And if you get the sermon notes, you can look it up yourself. But there, there are things that, you know, it's just not probable that it was December 25th. So let's just press past that and make the point. They, was, they made a decision to honor Christ on a day because other people were honoring, honoring their own false gods. It was a decision. It shows you the power of a decision. You get to choose. Now, Romans takes us down a path in Romans chapter 14 that explains some of this. So let me take you there. There are four thoughts Paul shared about days we choose to celebrate. Okay, four thoughts. Number one, the first thing he says is we have personal boundary lines. Personal boundary lines. Here's what he says in chapter 14 of Romans, verse 1. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Now, I want to pause there for a second. I want you to think with me. Paul says everybody has different boundary lines, and they're personal boundary lines. Some people can eat certain things. Some people can't eat certain things. You get to choose what you want. Now, you make an argument. We're not talking about the health and fitness. I'm just saying some people, he calls them uh, weak. Their faith is weak in verse, chapter 14, verse 1. And in this culture, there was a whole bunch of that. You know, for example, they used to offer a lot of uh, food up to idols, right? A lot of kill a lot of animals. And they would take that meat, right, and they would sell it. And some Christian says, I'm not offering, I'm not going to eat any meat that was offered to Zeus. 
as Zeus meat. And other Christians said, man, that meat don't sell. I'm going to get that meat today. And so people, people were arguing about eating that meat. And so, you know, Paul says some people have a week. And he's not trying to talk about them. He just says when it comes to that, they, they, can't, they can't eat that Zeus meat. They can't do that. So he says, except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling in disputable matters. One person's faith should allow them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. That's what they eat. Let them eat it. Don't bother them. People get to choose. See, what I want you to notice, and this is what I think churches, church people have done. They set the boundary lines for everybody. They do. They, they tell everybody what to do, preachers in particular. They like to preach on you. Tell you, hey. Now, I'm not saying that you can do anything. I'm not saying they shouldn't tell you and give you guidance in and, and, and terms of behavior and lifestyle. I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying if you're not careful, there are areas where you don't have the right to tell a person what to do. For example, whether they worship on Saturday or Sunday. I mean, it's up to you. You know, I, don't ever, I never dispute that. And you'll see that in just a minute. In this case, it says, let them eat what they want to eat. It's up to, it's up to them. There are things that you don't have the right to draw lines around. We do, we've done this for years. You know, you can't wear pants. You can't wear jewelry. You can't wear makeup. You can't, you can't, you can't. And then you use verses in the Bible to justify it. And it's not really true. You know, I, you know <laughs> it's not. Deuteronomy 22 and 5 is not about a woman not wearing pants. It's about false idol worship. I'm just saying, sometimes we say, and we mean well, and some of you don't know what I'm talking about, good, that's okay. But those of you who were raised in that culture, well, Deuteronomy 22 and 5 was used, a woman should not wear that which pertains to a man's garment, blah, blah, blah. That was talking about idol worship. Had nothing to do with pants. They wore clothes that looked alike. It didn't, it's not really even biblically sound. So to say that, but I understand we didn't know any better. We did the best we could. So we said the best we could say. So here's what I want you to understand. There are moments in life where you get to personally draw the boundary lines around your life. You get to decide what you do. And, and God's not forcing you. And in this case, with the meat, he said, there's no, there's no pressure. Second thing I want you to see is that we have personal preferential judgments. Let me read a verse for you again, verse three. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does for God has accepted them. Now, I want to pause there and say this. It's so easy for you to just judge people because they can do what you can't do. So you might say, well, Pastor Rick, I appreciate you saying I can wear pants. I'm going to use that example. And, and, but I can't wear them. Well, don't wear them. You're a female and you feel like you're going to hell. You're going to burn up and you put the pants on. Wear a dress all the time, you know. It's going to be challenging to swim and stuff. You know, some things you're never going to get to do because you can't win. You know what I'm saying? So that's fine if that's your choice. But understand, telling everybody and drawing lines for everybody. See, we, we like, <laughs> we have personal preference, so preferential judgments that we want to put around people. And here he says, you know, if a person chooses not to eat the meat, don't look down on them. Yeah, look at that Zeus eater right there. That's Zeus meat eater. That's the Zeus meat eater right there. You know, we like that. They go to church on Saturday. They're Sabbath keepers on Saturday. Then Sunday people. Look at them. You know, it's just, oh, Lord. Now, again, I'm not saying you can do anything and everything. I don't believe that. I think there are things that are wrong. And you should say that's wrong when it's wrong. But you got to be careful 
that you're not in an area that the Bible doesn't give you the right to do that with. Number three, you ready? Follow me along. We have what I, what, it, what I call personal privileges. Some people have privileges. Look at verse four. Who are you to judge another? Someone, <laughs> I love this, else's servant. To their own master or servant, stand or fall. And they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. Who are you to judge another person's servant? So, we have personal privileges. So let me say them again. We have personal boundaries, boundary lines. We have personal preferential judgments. We judge people because we think it's wrong. And then we have personal privileges where we think, okay, I got the right to judge you. I got, you, know, <laughs> you think you got some privilege. You do. I, I often, I've often seen us preachers when we preach, we say things, right? Sarcastic, make comments. And, you know, in Jesus' day, they would raise their hands. They can I ask you about that right there? Can I ask you about that? They would ask you questions, but we can often hide. And so in this moment, he says, who are you to judge another man's servant? Now, don't take that the wrong way because somebody said, that's right, Pastor Rick, right there. I like that message. Talk about judging people. You don't judge people. No, he didn't say that. For example, if you can't sing, guess what? If you sing and I say you can't sing, I didn't judge you. I just told the truth. It's unfair judgment that the Bible is against in Matthew chapter 7, just for your record, if you want to look it up. Judging unfairly. If you judge a person unfairly, if you tell, if you're lying on them. But there's something about taking it upon yourself to step into areas of judgment that you don't have authority to do. There's some things you shouldn't be a part of. Let me move on. Verse 5 says this. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever, whoever regards one day as special, so to the Lord, it, so to the Lord is special. If, if, a person, if a person says that they like Christmas and they want that to be the day they honor God, let them do it. If they want to get a tree, some of you get really upset. Watch them. See my tree over here? Look at they got a tree. Look at a tree right there. And you mad about this tree. What you mad about the tree for? It's a tree. It's just a tree. That's all it is, is a tree. It's a tree. And, and some people used it to symbolize uh, Christ's death on the cross. But some people, some Christians in certain seasons, but whatever you look at, you know, I know, well, what about our Santa Claus and all that stuff? Let's talk about that. You believe in celebrating Santa Claus? Okay, well, I put him in the same category with Bugs Bunny and um, all the Superman and Aquaman and all them people. Why, why, aren't you, why aren't you mad about that? See, I just, I just put it where it goes. You know the origin of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Yeah, I know about that. But I don't have to not, I mean, I sing other songs that, you know, that, <laughs> that have all kinds of, you know, advertisement origins. I mean, I understand, you know, it started in a department store. I understand that. But the point I'm saying to you is I don't need to get lost and start picking on people and picking on things. And if you get the sermon notes, I have all this noted for you. You can look it up yourself. But I'm just saying it really doesn't make sense to make that a big deal. Everybody has a personal preference. Whoever eats, it's okay. Whoever chooses not to eat, it's okay. It's up to you. 
here's what gets, which gets you in trouble. You kill the celebration of everybody because of your preference. Because you choose not to be happy about it, you just make everybody feel bad. All you want to do is take the Christ out of Christmas. See, that's the problem, Christ out of Christmas. I told you the whole thing was a decision made by some people. They put the Christ in the Christ. They did all that. That's fine. It's wonderful. Well, should you give gifts if you want to? I like gifts. I know one thing. Now, I'm telling my family, I like something. I want something under the tree. I want something under the tree. You might as well see you just whirl it. No, I can buy my own gifts. But I like the fun of giving. I like the fun. I told my family what I wanted. I laid it out for them. I said, I want you to buy me this, and I want you to buy me this, and I want you to get this for me. You cannot. Can't you buy it for yourself? Absolutely. But I want them to get it because I got them something. That's right. Little bitty something. No. <laughs> we have fun. It's a joy for us. I believe you shouldn't be extreme. Now, well, what about all the money we're spending? Okay, I agree. Too much. I agree. I'm not going to deny that. I think people look, people, people go into so much bondage and so much debt and they get all lost and they get all, I'm telling you right now, I agree. I agree with you. I mean, look, I'm hands up on that one. Some of you right now, you be bound, you're bound every January because of December. You can't hardly breathe. I agree with you. Christmas should not be where you lose all your joy. I agree with you. I don't like, I don't like, the, I don't like the fact that we, we, and I thought about this the other day. As a matter of fact, today I thought about it. It's like we think we have to, we've been programmed to, to have debt. We're programmed to overspend. We're programmed that on Black Friday, boy, you got to go out there and get them sales. You know, I, I had a good sale this, this Friday. I didn't buy nothing. I kept all my money. I said, I know the best sale is zero. I didn't need stuff. I didn't need anything. I, and I was going, to, you know, I used to go there every, every uh, first of the year. They have the big sale and everything's already, you know, sold in first day of the year, you know. I'd be down there, man, buying stuff. I said, you know, I got enough socks. I got enough underwear. I got enough, you know, I don't need anything. I, I, don't, I don't believe in just going to buy stuff to buy. I think you can overdo it. You can, you can overdo it. You need to pour, bring it in a little bit, especially if you, listen to me carefully, if you can't pay cash. If you're using a charge card to make everybody smile and then you're miserable for the rest of the year, that's not wise. Draw boundaries and say, no, we're not going that far. Whoever does it to the Lord, they give thanks to God. Whoever abstains does not does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. That's in Romans chapter, chapter 14, verse 6 and 7. It's important for you to understand that sometimes in your life, you don't have to do something, but you can choose to do it. And I think there's something powerful about the decision to do it. I hope you choose to celebrate Christmas. I hope you choose to celebrate Christ. I mean, you can choose how you want to do it, but I think there's a power in making the decision. I believe that in my life, what has blessed me is the things I've decided to do. The things I've decided to do for God, the decisions I've made, those things have transformed my life because I've made the decision to, to give to God. I've made the decision to be a prayer praying person. I made the decision to abstain from certain behaviors. I made the decision to never let, let, let curse words uh, defile my mind. I just don't talk like that. 
I've, I've decided I'm not going to watch pornography. I'm not going to. I made, man, I made a lot of choices. I said, no, 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 no. Stuff I'm watching on television, if it gets, goes across a certain line, I turn. I said, no, I'm not watching that. I don't need to be dreaming about doing that with somebody I don't know. No, because my head will be going all kinds of places. You too, Pastor Rick? Yeah, me too. I have to turn it off. I said, oh, I'm going to start thinking the wrong thoughts. I don't need that in my life. I don't want to be that kind of person. I made a choice. These guys looked at the facts and says, we choose. We made a personal decision. And that's up to me. Not you. Me. So I want you to think about this. What decisions have you made? And what decisions do you need to make this year? Now, my time's about up, but I want to tell you something. It's about you making a decision to not only say something, but follow through. Which brings me to our next series of messages. Every year I answer a question. Every year I try to answer one question. And I, my goal is to get you to think with me. What is it that you've been saying you're going to do that you've never done? And why haven't you done it? What is it that you promised God you would do, but you've never done it? Next time we come together, I'm going to talk about why, when. Sermon called When. When. When will you do it? You've been saying to God, I'm going to take care of this or do that. You've, you've been, I'm going to make this choice, but you've never done it. When is it going to happen? I believe that there's a moment in my life when I can say it will be on January 1. It will be on December 25th, like they chose Christmas. It's going to, this is the day we're going to honor God. So I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you today that this would be a, a beginning new season for you. So all year long, I'm going to answer the question. Okay, what have you promised? God that you would do and have not done it. And I want to talk about why haven't you done it? Why don't people do what they say they're going to do? That's what we're going to talk about next year. Why? And I'm going to give you reasons and I'll give you a hint. You ready? Many of them are trapped. They're trapped and because they're trapped, they'll never get to what they say they want to do. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those today who've come. May this be a breakthrough moment for them of healing and grace. A moment when they say, what I've heard in this series is going to bring life and grace to me. And Father, I give you all the praise and all the glory for what we've talked about this entire year. What is the truth that we needed to face that we've ignored? The truth about celebration is you don't celebrate unless you choose to celebrate. We're never going to break through if we don't choose to. It's a decision that we make. And so, God, today, help us make the right decision that our family is going to start celebrating. And it may not be Christmas. It may be birthdays. It may be get-togethers. Something that says, I choose. This is my choice. Go back to school. Fix my life. I need to make a decision. I need to make a choice. Stop arguing in my marriage. Stop fussing all the time. I'm not going to be chasing everybody. I'm not going to be looking for love outside of loving God and loving me first. I pray, God, that people would make a decision today and that their lives would be different going forward. And so I give you all the praise and I give you all the glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 
Well, I pray you were blessed by what you heard today, and I hope you now see the power of choice. Some men decided, some Christian leaders, believers decided to celebrate the birth of Christ. They chose December 25th because they wanted to say, while they're worshiping their false God, we're going to worship the living God. We're going to honor God, and we choose to make this the day. Now, you can choose not to do it. It's up to you. No one's forcing you, but you can choose to do it. So here's the bigger question. What are you choosing to do? What day have you set aside for God? What day have you set aside to honor God? What part of God's work in the world and in your life are you celebrating? You know, the Bible's full of celebrations. So I want to pray for you today. Choose a day. Take a stand somewhere. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that this message has inspired people to make decisions. Decisions to choose. Decisions to honor God. Decisions to not allow themselves to get lost in the, in the, in the buying of the gifts, which is nice. It's nice to give people gifts. Given it shall be given. Get not, not get too bound up in all the ceremonies. Those are nice ceremonies. Nothing wrong with that. But may they learn to focus on the power of making a decision to honor God. That's the most exciting thing about the Christmas season. We've chosen it to honor you. So I honor you today. I thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let your family go make some choices to honor God. What day will your family honor God? Pick a day. It's up to you. I'll see you next time. Got a lot more to talk about. We're getting ready to launch a whole new series of wonderful teachings that will transform your life. See you next time. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. Bye-bye.